0: This is MSG mic Up, a podcast from the 87 Commission Support Group, where we go around JBMDL to talk to people, to hear about all the amazing things happening every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to MSG mic Up. This is Lieutenant Colonel Axel Clark. Today, I have with me Captain Steve Heptig and Mr. Tom Burton.
1: Hey, how's it going, sir? Hey,
0: what's going on? All right. Welcome to the show, guys. Steve is the JBMDL Infinity Spark Innovation Lead and Tom is a former Air Force F-16 mechanic. While in the Air Force, Tom pitched his idea for Grip Mat on Season 9 of Shark Tank. and GripMat has since been named as a Time Magazine 50 Best Inventions of 2018. And Then he was here with us to help kick off the 2020 JBMDL Idea Challenge. Again, welcome to the show. We're excited to have you both on.
1: Yeah, it's been an amazing time here at the base.
0: Tom, can you kind of talk about how you got started with GripMat? And I get, well, first of all, can you describe the GripMat?
1: The idea is that it's an orange flexible tool tray and it grips any surface. And with its bright orange color, acts as a visual management so you can easily see your tools or see your hardware. So, yeah, what happened was I was an F-16 mechanic in the Air Force. I was tired of my tools sliding off the aircraft. I was tired of begging someone to stand next to the aircraft to hand me tools. And, um, You know, I was at the same time the Air Force was was paying for my college to be a mechanical engineer. So, you know, we would always find problems and try to create solutions. And at that point, this was something that really bothered me, and I wanted to create a solution for it. So, later I was sitting in my mom's car, and I noticed she had a non-slip mat on her dashboard to keep her cell phone from driving. And I was like, wow, you know, we can make these larger for tools. So that's where I got the idea. And, um, you know, where I really got my start was at Startup Weekend, where at Startup Weekend, if you've ever heard of it, what they do is um, basically on a Friday night. They'll have like about a 100 pitches and then they'll vote on the top 10. And um, if you didn't get picked for the top 10, then you just join a group who did. And then the entire weekend, you push it forward. Anything that you can do of customer research, building a website, building a presentation. And then on Sunday, um, this is like a little pitch competition. So ended up winning that and then um, just kept prototyping until it came to life.
0: Who hosted that challenge?
1: So startup weekend, if you look online, um, just, just Google startup weekend, it'll come up. They're actually all over the country. So, um, a lot of, a lot of times they're at universities. Um, at the time I was living in Toledo, Ohio. I live in Columbus, Ohio now, and there's a lot of, they do about two a year.
0: So were you worried that when you brought this idea to this, to this challenge that maybe it would get taken or someone would kind of clamp onto it and let's say steal it from you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was funny because actually I was standing in line to pitch it and, um, behind me was someone that I knew and they specifically said, do not pitch this (laughs) because, uh, you know, it could get ripped off. And, um, you know, I was sitting there thinking, you know, I would rather have someone steal this idea than it die in the back of my head. And, uh. You know, at the point, at that point, I was like, you know, it's worth swinging for the fences. Let's see what happens.
2: Nice. So, just for uh, like a visual, it kind of looks like a almost a baby food uh, tray that are made out of silicone. People use these days mm-hmm. with different. Uh, like chambers for your tools but it's it's like that on steroids but uh yeah. it's so simple but it's so beautiful in its simplicity of like solving just an exact problem um
1: yeah i actually eat out of these now so. <laughs>
2: yeah. uh I, can you can you tell us because you you said that you had uh, joined the air force but you went to this startup weekend while you were in the air force right
1: yeah so at the time i was national guard air national guard so i was still going to college and um Yeah, all my free time I would either be going to college classes or drawing on the computer trying to create, you know, what we have now is the grip mat. And, uh, yeah, I actually would, like, write down a bunch of problems that I would have at the base or other people would have at the base and uh, just try to find solutions to what we could create to to solve the problems.
0: Okay. And then so you were developing this idea while you were in the Air Force. So how was that? Was that – helpful or challenging or what were what the p- pros and cons of being in the air force while trying to develop this idea?
1: Yeah. Being in the air force honestly was, was a huge blessing being in the air force. There's, there's so many resources that you have at your fingertips that, you know, people, a lot of people I see like not taking full advantage of it. So especially now with, you know, they've got works, they've got, you know, these spark cells all over the country now that, um, they have like banks of 3d printers like I, I like honestly when i started i would have to like sneak into certain parts of the university to like use a 3d printer and um yeah that's honestly how i learned how to use 3d printers is by like sneaking into this one lab that, <laughs> like after hours and i would like know who had the key to the room where like there's no more of doing that now we got even better printers and um you guys have an amazing innovation lab here at the base
0: when you you we played the the pitch that you gave on Shark Tank at the uh, keynote this morning, and it was a smooth pitch. It looked great. Was uh, was this always a smooth process, or did you hit setbacks along the way?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny like thinking about that because like when I finally got on Shark Tank, it was about four years of working on this, and um, like now it's been. I think we're. Coming up on six. Actually, it might have been five years until we got on Shark Tank. I, I actually remember the first person I ever told about uh, the grip mat was a guy who retired from my base. He created um, TC Max, which, which is a system of like checking your tools in and out of the of uh, of the tool crib. And I remember think I remember asking his name is Rick Letterman. I remember asking Rick, how long did it take you for your product to be, you know, all over like Air Force wide? And he said it took me three years. And I remember thinking, three years? I'm like, well, with Rick helping me out, I could probably get this done in one year. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're like six years in. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, sometimes things happen a lot easier than what you think. And then, you know, you get a win on the first try. And then other times you're like, damn, like it's taken way long. Like getting in manufacturing took me way longer than I thought. Um, simply because I didn't know anything about it and I was like starting from ground one, ground zero really. So, yeah.
2: Do you want to talk a little bit about like what it's like to start in the Air Force? And cause I think there's a lot of people out there that they see problems in their shops or in their spaces, but, um, they, they have the idea, but they don't even know like what to do with that idea. They don't know what step zero to one looks like.
1: Yeah, I mean, back then it was it, like step zero to one was, was really going to the startup weekend. Or honestly, I was just looking for rubber compounds of like how I could make a mold for it online. Now I I'm really seeing step one specifically being in the air force is you know get in your innovation lab and and get into you know involved with AvWorks because they're having so many new ideas come coming coming up. Um, one thing is, like, those are great resources, but the thing is, like, if this is your idea, this is your passion, like, it is not their responsibility to bring your idea to life. Like, this is something that you have to be persistent on. And I see that a lot of people just want to, like, throw out an idea and they want someone else to create it, where, like, you know, there's a difference between being given responsibility and taking responsibility. Um, you know, taking the responsibility of this is a problem, I'm, I will solve it, I think is, like, really important.
0: You talked about the like five mindsets that you think are important for someone who's trying to make an idea happen. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about those?
1: Yeah, so I went over five mindsets. Now I got to like remember what they were. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so do you have them on your phone right yes. now? Okay, so yeah. Go ahead. and purpose
0: say Purpose and goal. Be a hustler.
1: Yeah. So it was purpose, hustler. What was? I, I'm getting them out of order. It was purpose, urgency, hustler, urgency, perspective, perspective and, commitment. and commitment. Yes. I like
0: them, And you talked about different points in your life where each of those were important Mm -hmm. um, and kind of how your upbringing and things that you've experienced kind of um, Mm -hmm. motivated you or helped crystallize why those were important as you were going through the process and overcoming the different setbacks that you faced.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'd say for someone who's like going from step zero to step one, definitely like urgency, like just get the idea out there. You know, what I see a lot of times is I call it – the baby syndrome of like when you have an idea and you pitch your idea and you think it's like the most beautiful baby ever where like, honestly it's a bad idea. And like your first like five ideas aren't going to be that good. Like you need, you're going to have a lot of bad ideas until you get that good one. So the grip mat is at least my 10th idea. And it's also like probably the 15th iteration of making a grip mat. So (laughs) I probably have, At least a hundred different styles of grip mats made on my computer. Mm -hmm. So, I I, I see a lot of times, you know, the idea of sense of urgency is like just get out and start trying things. And then also, as you start doing that, you'll get familiar with resources that are out there, like AvWorks, like your Spark Cell, like your Innovation Lab, and you know, you'll be able to start to connect the dots in the future. So you're just really getting your training wheels on of, like, how to create a product, create, like, bring an idea into reality. And that's what you really got to get, like, like passionate about. Like, in the speech I was talking about, like, purpose, like, if your purpose is, like, make the Air Force better and more innovative, just focus on that of making it better, more innovative, not like, oh, someone took my idea or, like, this idea is not working or, you know, just be focused on, like, the purpose of, like, I want to make the Air Force better.
2: Earlier today, you mentioned um, like how you originally came up with your prototype. So we talk a lot about min viable products, which I think Mm -hmm. that uh, all of the resources that we have now actually act a little bit as a crutch because people can produce really high quality prototypes. Mm -hmm. But uh, do you want to talk about like, you know, the choices that you face in terms of coming up with a prototype and just kind of scrapping it together and and making it happen and overcoming those obstacles?
1: Yeah. So like MVP is what they say, minimum viable products. So basically like... What is the minimum thing that you can do to get the idea crossed? And I feel like this is almost like a trap for a lot of um, perfectionists in society where they want to have like the most perfect thing. And it's kind of weird because I've like watched like college interns come into Gritmat and how, you know, like I get that 4.0 student who's trying to get everything perfect where like in reality there is no perfect thing. Um, I, I would say, I'd say for like anyone who's, you know, has an idea and they want to like bring it into life. Like the first step is like getting that MVP. But like what I say is just get a C plus. Like it doesn't have to be okay. the first thing. It doesn't have to be like the best thing ever. Where typically I'll see like a C plus could be done in a couple days, and A plus could take a month. And then like you don't even in in reality you don't even know what is an A plus. So therefore you you're spending a bunch of time. And you don't even know like what what we're trying to perfect. Actually, when I was talking about Ned and Sandy, Sandy, my cousin, she uh, she was like such a perfectionist. Like she she was uh, a therapist and she wanted to start her own practice. And she uh, she said to me, "I don't know if I should start a website or my social media." And then like a month later, I talked to her. I said, "Hey, you know how to go? Like, did you figure out you know make your website?" And she goes, oh, "I never made a decision." I was like sandy both of these could have been done in like an afternoon and because she because she wanted to get that a plus you want to do everything perfect where it's like it's not about doing it perfect stop focusing on like doing it right just like focus on like what you learned um everybody looks at like you know it's either right or wrong where there is no like right or wrong it's just like who's learning faster and who's adapting faster um it's just a different way to look at it so
0: so com- coming from contracting, I think in the acquisition community, we have a challenge with this because we spend years putting together this perfect plan and all these perfect requirements. And then we go off and spend five years building this thing, and it doesn't get in the hands of any users till five or ten years later, and then they don't like it. They, and But we spent so much time not yeah. putting it in their hands that we feel like we're, we're so far down the road that we can't go back to the beginning. So I think... Yeah, we're trying to improve that to get get it in people's hands so that we can get feedback quicker.
1: That is sometimes I, what I see with people like when they do commit to get that A plus, and then they're like not truly open for feedback because they've got so much time invested into it and like and so much effort invested into it that you know, you'll be like, hey, you should have like tweaked it here. And they're like, no, 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 this is like an A plus. This is perfect. And they don't, they're not like open to feedback. So that's kind of interesting what you're saying of like, you get like, you know, you put all that time invested to it and you're like, well, we're this far, we got to make it work
2: one of the last things that you talked about on your five was commitment mm. and how like how you would take somebody with commitment over anything else mm-hmm. uh, and you kind of backed it up with some of the uh the humorous but painful struggles that you <laughs> yeah. went through like going through your trade shows and some of the stuff mm-hmm. like that you, you told a story about uh your cousin you know going to look for a rattlesnake in the mm-hmm. desert and one thing that you said that i really liked was uh don't go looking for a rattlesnake in the desert and then complain that it's hot
1: Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> right, which is wild because like, you know, you want to be an inventor and you're like, "Well, I don't want to learn SolidWorks." It's like that's the first step you got to got to learn for that. So, um yeah, I I see all the time, you know, people were like, you know, I want to be an inventor. I want to, you know, I want to be a motivational speaker. I want to be an artist, but like it's like saying you want to be an artist but you're afraid to get paint on your hands. It's like like you that's part of the that's part of it. I, I've got a friend who's an artist and she said every single piece of clothing, she's got paint on it. Like you just, that's just part of it. You know, if you can't be, want to be, you know, a motivational speaker or like some type of, like you can't be a famous actor and be like, well, I can't, I'm not really willing to memorize lines. And I see people do that all the time where it's like, well, I got this idea. I just like don't want to do any work to like bring it to life. It's kind of yeah. wild to me.
0: One of the other things you talked about were the naysayers out there. And so did you have any naysayers in your work center? I know you've mentioned that a lot of times in the family. <laughs> yeah. but what about in your work center, you bring it to your buddy or someone else in the office? And i like, I don't think so. That's not going to work. How do you all? How do you overcome something like that?
1: Yeah, there, there's, there was a point where I was like really trying to see why are they saying no. And and sometimes I, I don't know if I said this when I was up there, but there, there was a point like I remember I had – a couple ideas and I like middle of the week came to the base and I was talking to a master sergeant and he was like yeah this would never work and I recognized like he it wasn't that he didn't believe in it like he believed that it was a solution he just he was someone who like quit on his dreams and like to justify him quitting on, on his dreams he like wants me to fail or like not go for my dreams and it was just it's weird of like when you really see like when you watch someone's face of like being negative towards it because after like later there's some people that would be like negative towards it. And then after like Shark Tank hit, it was just like, yeah, man, I see. I always knew like you would make it. And I was just like, no, you didn't dude. Like you were the, you were that master sergeant that told me no. Um, Yeah. I mean, there was like one situation I, I told you guys briefly, like I, I was searching for a trade show to go to, and long story short, I came in contact with someone who helped get military contracts for, for small businesses, and uh, she told me, like, hey, here's a map of the United States. You can email each leading general of each state, and I was, like, really afraid to do it. Like, this is killing every role of the chain of command. Long story short, the, the very next morning on Sunday on drill weekend, I was, like, getting chewed out by a colonel for like skipping the chain of command, exactly what I said. And it was funny because I was like trying to say her name. They're like, we don't know who that is. We don't don't (laughs) care. (laughs) You're not safe here. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it was, it was funny. Like, and I felt like that Colonel, like really started to back down when he just saw like how like persistent I was, there was a point where he was like, so what is your idea? And I had like a folder, like a binder full of like CAD drawings. I had this like giant, like table like covered in CAD drawings I was like you know right here when we're working on the jet you know we set tools inside the jet and you know that goes against this AFI and you know everything and he's like actually I used to be a maintainer and this is this makes a lot of sense so yeah when you get those those naysayers I, I mean I said it today of like we when you get those naysayers like one thing is like if you ask someone for help or someone's not being supportive like it is not their obligation it is not their duty to to fulfill your dreams to to bring your idea to life and then also like you do not give them the the opportunity to like to stop you i see people who have like they they talk to like two investors and then they want to quit and it's like well they said it was a bad idea so i should quit I'm like you should talk to 2000 talk to 200 we'll edit your pitch if you keep getting no and then like clearly something we need to adjust but like that doesn't mean you quit so yeah kind of going back to the commitment of being persistent
2: uh, so one thing that I thought was really interesting uh, and we definitely don't see in an auditorium full of people is uh, you asked us at one point to uh, do some visualization essentially is mm-hmm. what it was uh, some power poses and visualization and there is a lot of data out there from behavioral scientists and um psychologists saying that that is a, a viable strategy that works like to, to do a power pose before you go into a meeting um to take some time and think about like what your goals are mm-hmm. and especially uh recently i've been hearing more about how it's important to let our minds be bored that that's when they're the most creative and you ob- mm-hmm. on, uh, will often come up with creative ideas after you allow yourself to be a little bored, and we don't get that very much in our society. Mm -hmm. So this morning, you asked us to put our hands above our heads in a power pose and think for two minutes about what it would look like for us to uh, achieve our goals. And and then you asked us to do eight minutes of something else. You want to kind of talk us through that? Yeah. What you have done to get here?
1: Right, right. So like two minutes, um, hands up in like a V, and like you're visualizing like what it's like to succeed your goal you know, whatever that is of owning a big house, of like being a newscaster on Fox News, or maybe it's you look at your bank account and there's a million dollars, whatever it is. So two minutes, like you visualize in detail like how you actually got there. Maybe there's a million dollars in your bank because you just close a big book deal or what, you know, you, you wrote a book and it's the number one biggest seller and, and you know, you're go- like putting your mind through that process. And, and, you know, the more you do it, like this is something I do every day, the more I do it, a lot of times when I'm getting closer to that goal, it's getting like more and more clear of exactly what is going to happen, whether it's like the clothes I'm wearing, what I'm about to say, who I'm meeting or, or anything really. And then, so do that for two minutes and then for the next eight minutes, put your hands on your hips on what they call a Wonder Woman stance. And, um, you think in detail of like what you need to do today to get to, to get there. Honestly, if I were to like do this for like 30 seconds, I probably would get like 80, like 75 to 80% of like what I need to do that day. But then almost every single time I'm doing like, oh, I need to do this other thing that I totally forgot, um, that I need to follow up with. And I think this would really connect the dots of, you know, this and this. It also, I think like. Yeah, this is weird. I kind of view like society as like a triangle where like the very tip of the, like the top of the triangle is that is pointing up the the tip of the triangle is like the higher up people. So like this is the tip of the triangle is like where a four-star general would be, where the chiefs would be, where like, you know, the, the top of society would be where like the bottom of the triangle is kind of like where, you know, people who aren't focused on growth all the time, you know, this is like a lot more people are are here where, I feel like doing this exercise especially in the morning kind of puts me in in a mindset of like i'm going to be pushing up towards the top of the triangle every single day like you don't just wake up at the top of the triangle you just don't like wake up being the you know the best inventor in the world or or whatever it is and uh, you know that's something that you do have to do like every single day to slowly like like grow up up to the tip of the triangle, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that you had visualized your pitch on Shark Tank <laughs> so many times that when they asked the questions, you felt like you'd already done it before.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of it's kind of real. Like, actually, Lori asked me a question, and I like, I looked at her like I thought I had told you this already, I'm like, <laughs> and like, and I was like, dude, I'm going crazy. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, it was just because one thing with with Shark Tank is you know what the first like 10 to 15 questions are that we're gonna ask you. Now, one thing to keep in mind, what aired was the 12 minutes long, what happened was an hour and a half long. So we were like, there was a lot, like anything you could think of, they were asking questions about it. So, you know, through that process, you know, I mean, I spent years thinking of it, like every single question. Actually, the producers said to me to write out 50 questions you think they're going to ask, and then write out detailed questions, and even ask yourself those questions that you don't want answer. You know, you don't want to answer. Yeah, the, I just kept reviewing those, and it got to the point where I was like, I was pretty ready. It's kind of wild because I, <laughs> I've, I've got a friend who um, just filmed for for Shark Tank. It hasn't like been released yet, and he was like, dude we were not ready. Yeah, <laughs> rocked, you know? So the visualization um, really, really does, does help a lot.
0: So at the end, they started making offers to you. I think you pretty much got an offer from each of the sharks in a different way. Yeah. How, had you prepared for those offers or what, what was the, what was, what were you considering when those different offers were coming in?
1: Yeah, actually, if, if didn't recognize, but like towards the end, like when I When I like said how much money I wanted, it was like a really weird answer because I couldn't like, I couldn't divide by three because I wanted to have three sharks. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, uh, I know, you know, I actually was trying to get 400,000 out of three sharks and I was like, I can't divide that by three right now. And (laughs) I'm starting to freak out. So, um, yeah, it was pretty intense and like, (laughs) it's funny, like I I said before of like, you know, a lot of times it's natural to think of like the worst case scenario, and when it happens, I think you owe it to yourself to consider the best case scenario. You know, people are always thinking of the worst case scenario. And there's been several times in my life that I can remember where I'm like, this is this is going to be rough. This is going to be like, if, if if best case scenario is a 10 and worst case scenario is a 1, like if we get a 2, I think I'm going to be okay. And And sometimes I'll even get higher than what I considered a 10. And that was kind of that situation where I was like, you know, I visualized this literally thousands of times and I like, still didn't visualize this scenario where I'm like, crap, they all want it. Mm-hmm. You know, I may have thought about it like that'd be pretty cool. But at the same time, it was like, it actually, this is real. So, yeah, it was pretty, pretty intense. And and also like what I was saying about like the resources of being in the military, like when you when you have a an idea, you know, if it's your own company or you're trying to make, you know, you just want to help the Air Force, like. When you're on the civilian world you get a lot of credit right out of the bat like right off of the bat and i i've seen that especially like in spark tank where you know these people in the in the air force have this idea and they are so like knowledgeable about this problem and me even being in the air force i'm like i didn't even know that was a thing i didn't even know that was a problem and they're like you know they're weighing out like look if we just change a small thing you know here's a massive impact it's going to make so like that was a a huge factor for me being on Shark Tank was, was being in the Air Force and was also like, you know, this sounds a little bad, but like any any military anything makes makes good T V and like, you know, people enjoy hearing that and hearing success stories of military members. So like that's all the more power and, and resources you have of just simply being in the military. So, yeah, it's definitely impactful
2: you went in uh, to to film the TV show was that the first time you met the sharks? Or, like how did they actually have you go through that that filming process? Yeah,
1: yeah so the thing is you do a practice run like with the with the cast because honestly the whole idea of the practice run is like to make sure you don't freak out because they're like there's a lot of're <laughs> paying a lot of money for camera crew they got the sharks there like they, they want to make sure you're gonna be, at least be TV worthy. I bombed the practice pitch
0: <laughs> so
1: bad that I actually froze and my producer in the back had like yell at the next line for me to like start going again. And um, yeah, I was just like so stressed out. Yeah. So like you do the practice pitch and then you go in front of the sharks and when you see the sharks, um, that is the very first time that they've ever seen you. So something that's kind of funny is like when you first get to Sony Studios, you get a trailer and on the front of each trailer will have like your, your company name, but they'll misspell it on purpose because that the sharks will send out like, like a scout or like some type of like assistant to go try to find something about the people who are about to come just so they can get a leg up on the other sharks. Oh really? Yeah. (laughs) So, so the thing is I get to the trailer, like, yeah, your trailer number two. And I'm like, Number two is spell something kind of like grip map, but it's not grip map. I'm like, have I been doing my paperwork the whole time of <laughs> like under the wrong name? I'm like, crap, man, what's going on? And then, um, yeah, because cause what they want is really raw, authentic. They've never seen you before. They actually will ask you if you've ever met a shark before in person. And um, if you have or haven't, just say no. And if you have any like pictures <laughs> online, like take them down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like very raw, very authentic. And so the thing is like when you pitch your idea, you'll be like, hello sharks. My name's Tom. Like do your little demo. The second that they ask a question, there is no, nothing is rehearsed. Like the, the sharks don't have anything rehearsed and like you'll, you'll practice your pitch and you practicing your pitches on you. It's not like they put you through a pitch camp or whatever. Like Mm. that is it. Like and then whatever you bring on stage is your responsibility. They're there to, like, help you before it happens. But, like, that's what they want. Like, sink or swim. Like, this is it. So uh, there's no cuts. There's nothing. And you you just go until there's no stopping. So,
0: All right. So I think we're about up on time. Yeah. Do you have anything else that uh, you want to share with the airmen out there at JVMDL? Any last
1: comments? Yeah, last I would say, you know, I was just at the Innovation Lab. It is pretty awesome it was amazing i was actually shocked when i walked in there and uh it sounds like you guys got a pretty solid crew there so definitely get there if you have an idea you guys are having like a little what's the competition idea
0: challenge idea
1: challenge like i would be all over that if i was here so definitely submit an idea no matter how like good or bad you think the idea is just submit it get your feet wet and you know be a part of the community that's going to change the air force
0: all right steve do you have any other questions for tom yeah,
2: I noticed that uh, earlier today you talked a lot about purpose and kind of how you found your purpose, and I know there's something that's really important to you, and you've kind of chosen to give back to the Air Force uh, in one way. Do you want to take a, a minute and talk about that?
1: Yeah, so recently what I found a lot of purpose in is, you know, supporting our airmen to the point of, you know, there's a, this past year was the highest rate of suicide, and that's something that I'm passionate about, you know fighting really and banding our airmen together to go against that. So something that I'm doing is called roll call, which is a motivational wake up call. And uh, if you want to be a part of it, feel free to text the word roll call to 614-916-9183. Again, that's 614-916-9183.
2: Is that roll
0: call all one word or two words?
1: Roll call all one word.
0: All right. And what will they get? What's the concept? So they're going to get a call in the morning. And it'll, it'll
1: be a motivational talk from me or uh, the idea is that we're going to be start getting some other um, you know, motivational speakers, whatever, whatever they come up with that day. We're going to be mixing it up. And
2: Are you able to talk about your first one? Because I know you have kind of a big name.
1: The very first one? Um, so the thing is... Sign up for it. We're, we're not yet organized. We're, you know, we're, we're starting to get there. We're starting to, to take, uh, phone numbers first and then we'll go from there. So stay tuned. I'll, I'll give you a surprise.
0: So you got some interesting names and in military entrepreneurs.
1: Oh yeah. Jocko, Jocko is the guy that I'm going for. So if you've ever heard of the book Extreme Ownership, he's, he's amazing. He's got an awesome book. Definitely check it out. So that's someone that I'm going to be shooting for to, to be part of the, the wake up call. Nice.
0: All right, Tom. Well, thanks a lot for ha- for coming on the show. And for those of you out there across JBMDL, we've got the JBMDL Idea Challenge. The We'll put the URL in the show notes, but that uh, closes on the 1st of November, so we have another month or so to get your ideas in. And we're also building in some education along with that, so look out for opportunities to go to workshops that both refine your idea and then also for the ideas that are selected, we're gonna provide some education on how to pitch before you pitch leadership. So get out there and get your idea in the system.